as, uh, as we were driving the church this morning, <coughs> feel free to grab your chairs. <laughs> as I was driving, as we were driving the church this morning, uh, we were listening to a song. We, we don't sing it yet, um, but we may do. Um, and one line in the, in the song went, if it's not good, he's not finished. If it's not good, it's not finished. Or if it's not good, he's not finished. That's the right words. If it's not good, he's not finished. Why do I say that? Because goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If that scripture is true, then if it's not good yet in my life, he's not finished. True? Only good and perfect things come from my Father above. If it's not good in my life right now, then he's not finished doing what he wants to do. So just consider your life right now, whether it's a health or whether it's a family, whether it's life in general, whatever that may be in your life right now. If it's not good as you want it to be right now, good as it lining up with what God's word says, if it's not good in your life, then he's not finished. He's not finished. He's still working. He's still moving. He's still touching. He's still orchestrating things that we do not see right now. But all things will turn for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. So come on. If it's not good in your life, he has not finished. What he cannot do does not exist. I love that phrase, but I also love this one. If it's not good, he's not finished. All right? So just let that settle in your heart. You may just need to hear that in your life right now. And I believe it's a spiritual truth to every one of us. Um, I'm going to share a thought this morning that I just trust is absolutely going to encourage you. Not just today, but it's a word that I believe is or will be new or fresh for you each and every day. Um, so it's one of these words that I'm, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, just remind us every day of what I'm about to share. Is that all right? Look at that. That's a lovely picture, isn't it? If it had a little bit of a frost, it would be like this week. It's been a beautiful week, but a bit fresh. But um, I, I love this picture. His mercies are new every morning. So if this is a word that you just hear today, then it's not done what I wanted it to do. Because his mercies are new every morning. This is a recurring message, a recurring theme, a recurring thought. With God, his, his mercies toward us are new every morning. Every 24 hours, you may go through a day and you think, I can't wait for this day to end. Tomorrow, his mercy is new once again, a new step, a new stage in my life. So this is, a, this is a message that will encourage you, if you remember it, every day of your life. Let me just read from the book of Lamentations. We don't often go to Lamentations, do we? Um, so go to Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, and then Lamentations at the end of, Lam uh, of, of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah wrote this um, for us, um, as well as his generation, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through to 23. And I think it's just really important 
The reason why I'm encouraging you to remember this each morning is the first line. But this I call to mind. See, if you don't call this scripture to mind, if you don't call to mind the things I'm about to share with you, you're not going to remember it. You're not going to live in the benefit of it. And it's about living in the benefit of the promises of God. And that's why Jeremiah says here, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. I'll tell you what, all you got to do is first thing in the morning, turn on the radio or the TV uh, or what, read your newspaper, which is dying out like a dinosaur. Uh, all you've got to do is, is look at what's happening in the world, and you can live without hope. You can live with the direness, the destruction, the immoral standard of our world, and think, this world is going to the dogs. It's, going, it's, it's falling apart. It's, it's a mess. But that's not what Jeremiah's encouraging us to do. He's not, looking, he's not saying, oh, well, look to the world and try and find hope. He's not saying that. If we look to the world to find hope, we're hopeless people. He's saying, this is not where you find your hope. He's saying, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And then he goes on to say where it comes from. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. For they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. <laughs> you know, if you're struggling to meet ends meet, if you're struggling financially in your life, if you're struggling with an area in your heart, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Come on, we've got to awaken our soul to righteousness. We've got to awaken our soul to his word. We've got to awaken. You know, the spirit will lean towards the word of God. Our spirit will lean toward God. But our soul, it, 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 it likes to feel sorry for itself. It likes to have a pity party. It likes people to come alongside and say, come on, you can do better than that. And we all need that at times. We do. We need people to lift up our arms when we're feeling low. But I'll tell you what, we've got to do it ourselves. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David did it. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in God. The scripture tells us over and over again we're to do it. And here Jeremiah is saying it again. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Come on, there. this is a great passage of Scripture. This is one of those, you know, wind me up, get me carried away and release me and, and, and preach and, and teach and share what God... We all know what this... We, we can all sing, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. It's a great song. It's a great passage of Scripture. But it's got to become a personal revelation or else it won't work. It won't have the effect that God wants it to have on our daily life. Did you wake up this morning and think, his mercies are new every morning? Possibly not. You may have thought the, the water's frozen. or Well, it's not now, it's defrosting. You may have been thinking over the last few weeks, I wish the heating was on in the house. The boiler's not working. You may have been thinking, oh, I, I, just, I, I, I love my kids to bits, but I wish we only had three of them. That's not, that's not the way it's meant to be. But we have life. Life happens. Stuff happens, doesn't it? Come on, I've got to be real. 
you know, I, I've never thought that, I can assure you. <laughs> but life happens, things happen, and, and we, get, we go through tough times. And this, this steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. What does that mean to me? In, in Jeremiah, in this, this particular passage, he's saying God's love is steadfast. It, it doesn't change like, like, we're fickle, don't we, at times. People are fickle. One minute, they like, I love you, I love you not. I love you, I love you not. It, 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 it's, I love you if you're doing good, and if you're not, I, I can't stand you. And, and, you know, get out of my face, or get out of the house, or... We, we don't behave like this. I'm just talking in generalization, all right? Uh, but, but the love of God is steadfast. It doesn't change or blow in the wind. It's steadfast. It's immovable. It's unchanging. He loves us with an everlasting love. His love knows no limits. It knows no bounds. It, his love, it, you can't separate us from the love of God. No height, nor depth, nor width, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I love the passages of the Scripture that say it, but do I believe what the Word of God says? His steadfast love. When I blow it or make a mistake or do something wrong, do I look to God and say, I know your steadfast love towards me remains the same? Or do I go in a bit of a, oh, I'm just going to stay distant for God for a while before I get my heart right, and then I can go back to him and, and I know he loves me. I guess he loves me still. His love towards you is steadfast. It never changes. It doesn't blow in the wind. It doesn't say, I love you, I love you not. It is always consistent. It's always there. And it's always towards you and I. If you've ever doubted the love of God, don't. There's one thing. God is love. He can't change who he is. It is who, he, he doesn't love hate. He, he, he doesn't love dislike. He is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. Whilst we were still sinners, God so loved us that he gave his son for us. He loves you 100%, 100% of the time. Isn't that amazing? Because our walk with God just goes like a roller coaster. You know, when things are going well, we press in. Or when things aren't going well, we press in. It depends on your makeup of who you are. When you need God to provide finance, some people then start to give because it's the, they think, oh, God will bless me if I start to give. There are others who, in times of famine and lack, still give. You're not going to move God to give you anymore because he doesn't love you anymore when you give or you don't give. His principles then just work for you. It's, his love is steadfast. We can judge love by what we experience with one another. We, we, we can judge God's love by what we've experienced growing up. We experience God's love. You know, that's why some people find God as father really difficult to embrace because their relationship with their natural father is a difficult one or was a difficult one. But I want you to know today, according to the scripture, the steadfast love of the Lord never, ever, ever, ever for eternity, ever ceases. 
His love is perfect. It endures forever. It's never ending. His mercies never come to an end. His mercy, his, his mercy towards you and I. He's, he's, he's just constantly giving mercy. He's given us a, another chance. He's given us another opportunity. He's given us his, his unfailing heart to draw us closer to him regardless of where our journey is. His mercy. His mercy never comes to an end. His mercy is inexhaustible, unending, eternally existing for our good. I love that. His mercy is eternally existing for me. Forget everyone else. Forget you. His mercy is eternally existing for me. And I have to include you. In our journey, what is, what is mercy? It is the Hebrew word hasid. And that's a covenant word. It's a, it's a covenant term that in the Old Testament, you know, if, if, if a covenant was made, hasid, a, a word was often used within this category. And hasid involves action beyond somebody's need. So God is saying, I am going beyond your need to move on your behalf. What is it you need? Oh, you need this. Well, I'm going to go beyond. That's how good and how merciful God is. In, 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 when, it comes, when it comes to the cross, when Jesus died at the cross, it says that he was marred more than any other man so that he didn't even have the visage or the appearance of a man. If you've ever seen The Passion, it's a good portrayal, but you still see a physical body on a cross. It is nothing like what the cross was really like because he didn't even look like a man. And then in Isaiah 53, it talks about that God made, basically, it doesn't word it this way, but it's, if you look into the Hebrew, it says there was an overpayment made or the punishment that was put upon him was beyond what was needed. That's an overpayment. That is hasid in action. Action on behalf of someone beyond their need. Jesus did far more at the cross than what was needed to pay for our salvation. But he did it for you. And he did it for me. An overpayment. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. I love the fact that God provides all my needs. But you know what? He goes beyond all my needs. Because even in, in as, as, um, Psalm 37, Psalm 34, our desires. He talks about desire. He talks about our wants. He talks about our needs. But he also talks, he gives us the desires of our heart. That's above and beyond. That is a Hasid God moving on our behalf to show his never-ending mercy towards you and I. It, de- it describes a sense of love that inspires mercy and compassionate behavior toward another person. God is compassionate. When you look in the, old, uh, the New Testament, when Jesus was walking around and he was healing the sick, the Bible on numerous occasions said he had compassion for those that were sick or were, were unwell. He was moved with compassion. 
Guess what? God is a compassionate God and he is moved with compassion. When he sees you going through stuff, he's moved with compassion. Sometimes we stand back and say, where is God in all this? I'll tell you where he is. He's standing with you in the flames of the fire like he was with the fourth, as the fourth man with the men in the fiery furnace. He is there with you. Even though you may not feel it or you may not experience, he is there. He said, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may think you're going through it alone, but the promise of God is that you'll never go through it alone. He is always with you in the journey. And do you know what? These promises are on constant repeat. You know, it's, like, it's like when you chuck on Spotify and you just put repeat, and it goes through the cycle of the whole songs and then starts again, and it goes through the cycle again. Well, that's the same principle here. His mercy is new every morning. You, need, you and I, we all need mercy. Every single moment of our day, we need mercy. But do you know what? It's there, brand new. A whole, you know, you, you may get through, just say, just say there's, there's 10 lots of mercy in the bucket of your life every day. And throughout the day, you're, you're drawing on the mercy of God. And you get to the last one in the, in the evening. Guess what? The next morning, there's a bucket full again. And there's a bucket full again. You may need a hundred lots of mercy, okay? You're continually pulling out all day. You may be 10,000 and you're pulling out all day. But there's a new bucket full every day. He said, my mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. See, when we are faithless, the Bible says he remains faithful. When we don't deserve what he still gives that's mercy. <laughs> it's his mercy that just keeps coming and coming and coming. You say, Lord, I don't deserve this. No, he knows you don't deserve it. But his mercy says, I still give it. Because he is a merciful God. Constant, 24 hours. So no matter, no matter how bad your day's been or how bad your week's been, his mercy is new every single day of our life. No matter how many frustrations or how many mumbles and how many things that build up on the inside. Because we all have things that build up, don't we? Whether it's a driver in front of us or our wife or husband, whoever it is. We get frustrated on the inside and we want to say what we really want to feel that we want to say. And then we think better of it. No matter how many mistakes or failings or how things bad, how bad things look on a particular day. When we wake up in the morning, there is hope. There is always hope. Because the, Jeremiah says, therefore, I hope in him. But he has to bring it to mind. He has to remind his soul. He has to remind himself, this doesn't come automatic. The blessings do, the giving does, the unfailing love does, and the unfailing mercy does, but it won't affect my life unless I say to my soul, don't forget, his mercies are new every morning. Oh, they'll be there, but I won't recognize it. They'll be there, but I'll be, I'll be doing my own thing and not giving second thought to what God is doing over my life. And, and, and as I was preparing this message, I, 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 I thought to myself, Lord, you've blessed us with an everlasting blessing. You've blessed us so much in just this one scripture. What can I give back to you? 
Because he doesn't ask, in, in many senses, God doesn't ask us to do anything because it's by grace that we've received it. But in my heart, I was thinking, this is just too, this is too good. If we get this, it's too good to be true. But it is true. And I sat there in my office, and I'm thinking, Lord, what can I give? What can I give back to you? And, and I've got three things I just want to share with you that we as his children can give back to him. And the first one is this. What about taking time each day to give him all the glory? That glory that he deserves, that glory actually that he said, the glory that I have, I now give to you. That same glory. I, I, I just, as I was thinking about it, I thought, yeah, I want to glorify God in spirit, soul, and body. I want to glorify him in word, action, and deed. I want to glorify him whether I'm in church or in a secular environment. I want whatever I do to glorify him. And, and the scripture says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 31. It says, So then, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you may do, do all for the honor and the glory of God. Now, we're not going to necessarily talk about eating and drinking. Um, that's down to you to decide. And the whole passage of Scripture where this is talking about is talking about things offered to idols um, or, or things that are good for you and sh you shouldn't be eating or should be eating, all the rest of it. But then it goes on, and whatever you may do, do all for the honor and the glory of God. Whatever. So whether it's your work. Let's, we, most of us go to work. I go to work. I I know it's my calling, but I still do a 40-hour employed job. I am employed just like anybody else that's employed to do a job. I, I have an employment contract that I have to adhere to um, and hours that I need to do. So I am employed even though I'm called, right? It's, it's that good. But we all go out to work, and we may not get on well with our boss, or we may not get on well with a colleague, or we may not like... The, the processes that we're having to do. It's all suddenly changed. When I worked for the post office, the last year of working for the post office, everything changed. Did I like the change? No. I, got, I was in the rut of being 16 years. We've done it the same way. Anyone like that? We've done it the same way. Why change? And, and it's like it just got under my skin. It just irritated me. We've done this. The post office has done 250 years by this point, and it's it's worked really well. Why change? And I understand that everything sometimes needs to change for the good of people, but the post office isn't as good as it used to be. Is it, Alison? <laughs> oh, okay, that's true. So, so it's not like it used to be when I was a postman, okay? I, I just... Um, oh, I could go down a rabbit hole. I'm not going to bother. But you know what your workplace is like. And sometimes just those little changes can just irritate. But actually, we're also not only to call or show mercy, but we're also meant to live and honor God and glorify him. And when we start to talk to others about our boss or about our colleague or about how it should and shouldn't run, actually, are we then dissing or speaking wrongly about those who employ us. Because if you keep going down that line, the Bible is very clear. You may be employed by an employer, but actually your ultimate employer is God. So let's honor and bring glory to God by doing what's right in our workplace. 
tax returns. Oh, I, I, could, I could start treading on your toes. <laughs> tax returns, sorry, yes, it's a busy month for Carmen. Um, but tax returns, oh, we can, well, if I just add that in there, no, no one will know. Oh, I forgot to add that last year, I'm going to add it in this year. No one will know, I'll get a better tax return. Or maybe I won't add this to it, and well, maybe there's some perks. They take enough of my money as it is, and we start to justify it. But actually, we're meant to be honorable people, and the, one of the ways we can honor God is to honor him and give glory to him. He's a provider, not the tax man, not the government, not, not my employer. Actually, it's God who's my provider, and he's the one. And I could go down, I could go down every rabbit hole. Children with their parents, parents with their children. We all need to, in word or deed, do we bring God honor and glory on a daily basis? Because it's one thing that we can give back to him. He says this, whatever you may do, do all for the honor and the glory of God. Everything that we do. That means driving down the road and you see someone trying to pull out and you think, I don't want to let you out. And you think, oh, I'm just going to be kind-hearted today and let them out. And you're giving God glory and honor, just being kind to somebody else. Just one act of kindness. I've tried to do this in my, in my life recently, where I try and do one act of kindness on the road a day. If I'm out driving, I'm going to let one person out. And then I think, Lord, I've given you honor and glory. I've done one person. <laughs> Normally, I won't let anyone past. You don't want to get, you don't want to try, anyway. So can I just encourage you to be like me and let at least one person out, all right? You may be better than this than me, and you let more people out, but I could be down behind you thinking, who's that idiot <laughs> letting all the people out? <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, people. <laughs> Oh, there's got to be some faults in my life, and I just share them with you on a regular basis, don't I? But whatever you do, do all for the honor and the glory of God. I just want to emphasize, God has done so much for us, this is one thing that we can do for him, all right? Uh, anyway, uh, let, me, let me move on to the second one, see if I do any better on this one. I ought to be preaching to me, and I'm going to go away and listen to this and see how well I do. Uh, number two, second thought is, um, in what way can we bless God? You know, we can honor him and bring glory and honor to him, but how can we bless God? He's blessed us with so much. How now can I bless him? Now, God's word tells us to rejoice, pray, and give thanks. How does that affect our everyday life? Well, 1 Thessalonians says this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through to, eight, uh, through, yeah, through to 18. It says this, Rejoice always. So hard. Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. We can bless God every day when we rejoice in all things, we pray without ceasing, and we give thanks to God for everything. How hard is it? <laughs> Come on, let's be real. It's so hard to live this way all of the time. But I want to bless God. 
I want to be a blessing to God. I want him, I want him, to, 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 I want him to turn around to Jesus and say, look at my son. Look at him. He's rejoicing even though someone's just pranked his car. <laughs> Who he let out. <laughs> and wish now he hadn't. <laughs> even though, yeah. It's like he's still rejoicing. He's been given notice that he's going to be sacked or made redundant. And yet he's still rejoicing. Do you know what? When we, when we praise in the middle of circumstances, it is like Paul and Silas in the prison, that when they give, gave, gave God praise and thanksgiving, the prison doors began to rattle and the chains that are around them began to fall off. And what God had for them next was open before them. And the same thing happens when we rejoice without ceasing. When we rejoice... In every situation, not for it. I'm not telling you, oh, if the bad things happen, rejoice and praise God that bad things are happening to you. You have to be an idiot to do that. But in the middle of doing when stuff happens, you keep praising. The prison doors will open. Situations will turn around. And God will move on your behalf in incredible ways that you never saw happening. But it all begins with rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Let your life be a prayer. You know, it's great when we do prayer meetings. and We've got a couple of planned this, this, this year uh, where we come together, prayer and praise together, and I'm looking forward to those. Uh, we've got a couple of 24-hour prayer times. We've got um, half night of prayer. We've got half day of prayer. We've got, we've got, because, because we believe in, a, as a church of prayer, this is the house of prayer. But here it says, pray without ceasing. Let your life be a prayer that you're always just coming before God saying, Lord, bless that person. The ambulance goes past and you say, Lord, just go, go before them and meet that person before they even get there. Bring healing and health and strength and let that ambulance get there in time for whatever the situation. And you're just praying. Life is a prayer. Just constantly. You know, Jane will walk down the road and, like I said before, she'd suddenly tug me and, and, and we're talking to the next person. But we can be walking down the road and, and all of a sudden Jane has seen someone that she's seen before and, and all of a sudden she's going into intercessory prayer and it's like, hang on, we're just enjoying talking about fishing or, or <laughs> something else. And, and, and now we're, we're interceding for this, this person that's been witnessed to and Lord, bring back to remembrance the things that have been spoken. And Lord, just, and that's like... Life is a ceaseless prayer. But that's what brings a blessing to God when he sees us just constantly. Not, not going into our closet where we shut the door and we pray and intercede. And, and, but just life as a prayer just brings praise and glory to God. And then he says, in, uh, give thanks for everything. in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Just a heart of thankfulness. I, I love how Emma over the last year has just caused us to keep coming back and saying thank you. Thank you that I've, I'm still here a week later. Thank you that one year later I'm still here. I can praise you. I can honor you in this house. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you. Do you know what? That not only will impact your life, but it will impact those around you. In your workplace, when things go wrong, you say, oh, I'm going to give that to God and pray about it. Immediately, they may turn around and say, wow, you're a bit of a nutter. Do you believe in prayer? 
You say, you want to hear how many prayers God's answered? And then you begin to open up and give thanks and rejoicing about what God's done in the journey of your life. I'll tell you, it's those moments that open doors that no man can shut. It's those moments when all of a sudden you you just step in and say, you want to know what God does when we pray? It's just a brilliant opportunity. And And the third thing is this. What can we do to please God? What can I do? I, I, I want to bless you. What was the other one? I want to bless you. I want to give you glory. But the third one is this. What pleases God? And there's one thing that we've all been given that we can either use or waste, and that's time. 86,400 seconds per day, 365 slash 6 on the year days in the year. What are we doing with our days? There's a scripture, I want to share this scripture with you, Psalm 90 verse 12, it says this. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Why why is that even in the Bible? Teach me to number my days. Why? Because we all have things that distract us. You know, when I look at today's society and how many hours people are on social media, teach me to number my days. If it's not social media, I, 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 see, this is, this is where I'm going to be, you're going to think I'm an idiot now. Social media would be Facebook and Instagram and whatever else is out there. I don't know what even's out there. But it's all those things that we can waste, or an Xbox controller. You know, I haven't got very good dexterous thumbs because I'm not always on my phone and I'm not always on an Xbox. But you know what? You, you, you watch a younger person not saying all young people, because there are some older ones who just spend all their time and their thumbs are just hyper. It's just, I can't even move mine that fast. It's like, or they, they, they text and you think, how on earth did they text that much in that amount of time? I have to go on a Google document, type it out, and then send it, and people think, cool, you typed quick. I just want to impress people sometimes. I've got many faults. <laughs> <laughs> teach me to number my days. Yours may be stamp collecting. It may, it may be doing people's ironing because you love ironing. I don't know what it is. But teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the most important thing for us to go after. If we've got wisdom, we have everything that God wants to give us with the knowledge of his word. Wisdom is the thing to go for. Teach me to number my days. It's the most precious commodity that we have. Time and health. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 says this. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. To be in his presence. Do you know what I love? The corporate or the, the, the collective gathering of God's people. There is something that is precious and powerful when God's people come together. And I do not understand why people wouldn't be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord on a regular basis. I don't get it. Because there's something that's precious and powerful when we gather together. But there's also the personal presence of God. And that's where I want to really challenge us 
God waits for you to enter your, your prayer room, your closet, your prayer time, your Bible study, whatever that looks like in the journey of your life, your, your moment with him. He waits for you. How long has he been waiting? That's a great question to ask ourselves. Not to condemn anyone. But how long has God been waiting for you to come before him and open his word and just spend time? Lord, I want to have relationship, connection with you today. He is waiting there for you. I think that's a beautiful picture. Well, how can he be waiting there for me if he's also there waiting for Marius or he's waiting for... Because God is omnipresent. He is in all places at all times, and yet he's also very present with an individual. My question is, are you seeking his presence continually? Because that blesses God in the journey of our life. Not out of duty, not out of trying to gain God's favor, but because we know it blesses him. Being in the presence of of our Lord and Saviour. Let me read this scripture again. Lamentations 3.22 The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I just absolutely love that. I just felt it was right just to remind us because probably we all know that scripture but actually to remember it day after day after day. I was just wandering around the house this morning singing the song. His steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Father, I just thank you. Lord, that each one of us, we are so thankful. Our heart just rejoices on the inside. And Father, in many senses, our feet want to dance and give thanks and praise because you are faithful. You love us and you pour out your mercy every single day. Lord, help us to remember that. And may we be a blessing to you. May we give glory to you. May we give of who we are in our time in, in the presence of yourself every day. Lord, we give you praise. Amen. I just want to pray one last prayer. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never said yes to him, he loves you so much. And I want to pray a prayer that introduces you to Jesus, where you can receive him as your personal Lord and Savior and walk out of here totally changed on the inside. So church, let's pray with anybody that may be praying this for the very first time. Father, I come to you today. And I thank you for your steadfast love. I receive that love today. I receive that forgiveness today. Lord God, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While every head is bowed, every eye closed in this room, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to respond. And as you respond, you know, afterwards we've got a Bible and some information that we'd like to give you. But God's going to meet you right where you are today. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer, just pop up your hand and pop it back down. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you're, you're making your heart right with God or receiving him for the very first time, thank you, I see that hand. Is there anybody else in this room? You say, yeah, that's me. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Lord, you said even as a child, as a child, you said, suffer the little children to come to me and forbid them not. And I pray, as a child in this room receives you this day, Lord, that they would know your love that surpasses all understanding. That, that love will just bless them all the days of their life and that they would grow in the house of God forever. In Jesus' name, amen.